that was Vid's actually really good intro music, fair play. And it leads us on to the topic we want to talk about because we haven't really spoken about music very much, but we're both very much into music, um, as far as you can be. Hi, yeah, um, I keep experimenting. Uh, keep. I think we've kind of decided to settle on a <clears throat> on a intro music, but it's a little bit difficult, like getting the right vibe and getting the right sound. And I'm not sh- just not sure what. I guess we'll just keep trying, and then once it sticks, it sticks. This could be our intro music. Who knows? Maybe we'll we'll keep it for a while. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We did but have yeah. a fun time with those royalty free jingles. Um, they were quite good, but also. Yeah. You don't really know what you're getting. Uh, yeah, and also yeah. there are certain reasons that we shouldn't keep using them. That, <laughs> yeah. and we're not going to disclose the reasons, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about music today. Uh, probably our biggest fashion. Fashion, passion. <laughs> yeah, it is and a fashion, fashion too, it though. Is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You dress, you know, you like dress. your music taste. It influences you quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, we, we, I, before we kick off, I do have a question for you, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Wednesday today? By any no, chance? No, no. I had to give it a second of thought, but it's not actually. No. Well, that's a shame. No, it's definitely not. So, where where do we begin talking about the music? Should we give some? Uh, should we talk about our background a little bit? Yeah. Um, and our credibility. So. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> So I can start. So I, um, I've been playing music for over a decade now, and uh, it started off just as a as a competition actually, because one of my one of my best friends, my neighbor, he started playing guitar and he started showing off. He was that kind of guy, and I was like, you know what, I I can do better than you. So I started, you know, picking up the guitar, and it was it was actually a very good motivation because some people, you know, lack that. Like it once you. Once you start playing, it's really difficult to get past that point where your fingers don't hurt anymore, and you know you can actually play stuff. It's it's a real struggle. So a lot of people just quit it, and they're like, oh, maybe that's not for me. Did you get better than him? Yeah, I did. Yeah, he stopped playing music altogether. Oh, well, because you beat him into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not quite. I I don't know. We just it was just those first couple of months, you know, that we were. We were competing, and it was really good, you know, having that sort of push. Um, but you know, I kept playing, and he he found his ambitions someplace else. Hmm. So you know, thanks to him, um, I still keep playing music, and thanks to him, I I went on to like different instrument courses, and even went to university to study music. So and hence why I'm here. Hmm. So yeah, that's. That's my credibility, I guess. And thanks to him, your ego received a giant boost. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I think he went on to do like radio work. So, oh, nice. I mean, it's a little bit different than music, but it's still audio related. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. there, are, there's crossover. I think we're kind of, I'm kind of, maybe you know, I'm, I'm getting back into the competition with him. You know, I want to mm. be now. I'm, I'm gonna try and be better. Uh, radio than him yeah. <laughs> every just, time every time he finds a passion you're yeah just like, i'm gonna like, beat you <laughs> like, like him he, he's getting married and you're like i'm gonna take your wife <laughs> oh, that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> or i'm gonna get a better wife than yours <laughs> yeah. i mean i wouldn't like to steal what he has i just want better 
yeah, you just want to always one-up the guy. I mean, that's horrible. He probably hates you. He's probably like, why does he keep doing this to No, me? we don't even talk anymore. It's just uh, like, you know, a, a, just a subconscious. Him. Yeah, just a subconscious thing, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. So what's your what's your background then? <laughs> um, well, I would say I've been wanting to be able to play music for a decade now. Um, and what stops you? Um, no, nothing in particular. I'm sure eventually I will um, pursue it, but... Yeah. Well, so, yet. what Not what yet. instrument would you pick up if you had to, or well, yeah, mm, if you if you started? Definitely um, a shaker. A shaker. No, no, no. Uh, well, you you kind of I've kind of oh, taught you how to be good at shakering. No, yeah. I mean guitar, bass. You know, guitar probably. Yeah. No. Yeah, something like that. You know, I started with bass because I thought six strings was a bit much, so I thought I'd start with four. Mm. And yeah, it was fun. It was great fun. And, you know, there's always a lack of bassists, I think. Nobody really wants to play bass, but, it, but it's one of the most fun instruments to play. So Yeah, and it's, you know, it's in every song. I mean, mm. it's more mm. of a background thing, but it does drive songs. Well, yeah, it kind of defines the song, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> Drums and bass, like, the two most important factors. And yet two of the ones which no one really talks about. Because, like, you know, most people, yeah. when they listen to music, are more fixated on you know, the vocals and like nice little yeah, right. guitar riffs. And it's like, you kind of forget there's other things going on in the background yeah. because the song is like obviously an amalgamation of loads of different parts. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just, yeah, it depends on the ability to see past those, um, you know, those leads. And, and when you really get into like detail of a song, you start listening to those more like background elements. And obviously bass will be probably the first one that you start noticing. Mm. Which is, I mean, for me, mostly it's like bass and percussion and drums and whatnot. So it's really cool, you know, like, um, so like my favorite band of all time, Radiohead. Um, when you listen to the bass of, of, of that band, Colin Greenwood, his playing is absolutely insane and the things that he does. And once you realize that, you just start appreciating their music a lot more because there's there's so many like layers that you just don't even pay attention to when you start listening to to their music and it's just really cool you know like getting it like pinpointing and getting that um yeah those small details it's yeah. really nice so what was your what was your um first musical phase that you can clearly put your finger on um <clears throat> well obviously i went through like when i really got in well not really got into music but when i started listening to music it was like it was very undefined and very um, I don't know, like environmentally uh, influenced, I guess, you know, whatever my friends were listening to and my, my classmates and stuff. But I do have a very, very vivid memory of, I think it was like my 10th birthday or something like that. And we were listening to the radio. My, my, my birthday's in the summer, by the way. So, so, you know, it was like a big barbecue, stereo playing. And I remember... Red Hot Chili Peppers were blasting. And I I think that was the moment when I realized I was like, damn, I really like this music. Like, I really love this band. So, yeah, I think my first phase was actually, like, real phase was Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. And, I mean, back then, they were outrageous. Like, John Frusciante, he was just shredding the guitar to bits. Like, it was, he was insane. I'm, I don't really agree with, you know, what he's doing now, but obviously he had his time to shine and now he does his 
side trance or whatever he does. I don't yeah. know. I don't really yeah. care. But but yeah, it kind of defined my childhood, I guess. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was good because the vibes, you know, the <clears throat> the feel of it is just like really nice. You know, they they made me feel good. So so yeah. What about you? What was your like first real discovery? I guess. So I had the thing whereby it was environmentally driven as well. You'd listen to what was on the radio or your friends were listening to. Um, we did that thing where Bluetooth just started out as being a craze and then died. Wait, Bluetooth? Bluetooth? Really? I remember, I I mean, obviously I'm a little bit older, but you probably don't even know the times of infrared. Oh, no, I do. Oh, you do? That I was. Do. Yeah. That was such a struggle trying to transfer songs and whatnot, and yeah. you had to like put phones right next to each other. It was ridiculous, it's terrible. But yeah, we'd download songs through YouTube to MP3 converter, and then we'd like YouTube them to each other at school, um, Bluetooth even. Um, but I wouldn't really say I was into that music as such. It was just you know what people were listening yeah, to. Trying there to was fit that, in. There was that yeah. whole concept at that time yeah. whereby. <clears throat> Oh, what was cool was what what was new, and obviously that's not the case. Um, and a lot of what I listened to as a kid, I think my first phase was it was awful. It's because my brothers would always have like Kerrang and Enemy on, so it'd be a mixture of just really oh, not very good rock music. The okay. first album I ever oh. bought was um, American Idiot by Green Day, that's and then a Fall Out Boy album. I mean. Uh, not so sure about Fallout Boy, but Green Day is not a bad place Green to Day start. Green Day is okay. Yeah. Green Day it's is really okay. not that bad. I mean, they make a statement, you know, and yeah. all that. So they're not that bad. Yeah, I sprung through a lot of weird little phases until I found my music taste. There was a lot of yeah. metal stuff and... Oh, yeah. Like, ugh, just, just such a mishmash of weird crap. But I mean, I think in that in those periods, there were still bands who have kind of stuck with me throughout that anyway um who i like still listen to who kind of hung on in there yeah. they were kind of in the background like please make it through <laughs> please don't stay with fallout boy forever yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean i was like 12 or 13 there's no shame in that I well mean, at least you didn't get like a fallout boy tattoo or something oh and then God. you're stuck in that you're trapped by fallout boy you know you have to like them yeah. for the rest of your yeah, life because we had this conversation didn't we whereby i think you can pit, like rabbit hole yourself into a music genre if you go too far with it. Because we both have tattoos which are kind of, they're inspired by bands, but they're not overt references to bands. So I have, um, like it's like a severed hand in a spider's web on my wrist. Um, and it's a reference to like some alternative Courtney Barnett, um, like kind of tour poster. But also... You wouldn't look at it and think that like you'd have to really know her stuff to know it is related to her, and it means yeah. that even if I stop listening to her in the future, um, I can just repurpose this tattoo and be like, "Oh yeah, it's related to this and all that." Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, same thing with mine. Um, mine is like directly related. I guess it's like artwork for a song of Raiderhead that Stanley Don Donwood did, but again. You know, I when people ask me, like, what does this mean or what is this tattoo? I don't straight up tell them, it's like, oh, it's straight ahead. I, you know, I tell them what it means to me. And then if they're still interested, and I'll be like, well, actually, it's a, it's a straight ahead song. I think so. it's good as well when you have a tattoo which wasn't, isn't overt because it means that it can mean that to you. 
it's still a kind of marker of like where your music taste was, what you liked at a certain yeah. point in time, but it doesn't necessarily have to carry all of the connotations of that. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing I, I speaking of tattoos, I have like a really silly rule um, because I, I, I know that I knew before I got the first tattoo that I would probably get addicted to it and I would, you know, the first tattoo is like a stepping stepping stone. I was terrified of it. But once I got it, I was like, okay, this is not so bad. And I knew before I got the first tattoo that I would probably get addicted and I would probably want more. And that is, you know, that's true. Like sometimes I get a craving and I'm like, oh, it's not that scary. I could just go and get a new one. So I created this rule of um, only getting one tattoo every five years. Mm. <clears throat> and, you know, one... There are a couple of reasons. The first one is to, you know, sort of battle that addiction. And the second one is because it's sort of, I don't know, I kind of, I guess, split up my life into five-year fragments. And then um, every time I get a tattoo, that's sort of like rep a representation of what my last five years were. So, like, even though I'm a completely different person, in not just, like, psychologically, but also could potentially be physically but you know the ink will stay the same it will be just like a, a faint memory of what i used to be you know mm. yeah i like that i like that yeah because i mean i got i have three um i got them all within the space of about four or five months maybe um i'll definitely get more but not in the immediate future yeah um but i like that idea because it's so easy to just get a ton in one go and then they all kind of just blend and they don't necessarily have this kind of temporal significance what what's um what's the worst tattoo that you've seen like not on the internet but in person oh, i don't i don't want to name and shame because there is no, a really bad to. one that springs okay. to mind um okay. i won't i won't i'll just be very vague with it but okay. it's <laughs> <laughs> see i like the person who has it so oh, okay. so i'm kind of i'm kind of a bit touchy about it's it's wait no. have you have you have you actually told the person in like no no it's so not, like, i mean it's not okay. that terrible it's just it's just a bit naff. it's just a bit naff. right it should have been a henna tattoo instead it of a real one. yeah <laughs> it's, it's kind of it's kind of just one of those where a bit too representative you know yeah. i think i think um it needs to have a degree of kind of ambiguity about it and it's basically just a very overt yes this is what it is um and the meaning of it will never change and i get like why the person got it but also it's just a bit just a bit soulless yeah i don't know i remember i do remember actually um when my college friends were first getting tattoos and the tattoos themselves were like artistically good they were well done and they were nicely done they were shaded nicely etc but also yeah. they were just so random it was just things that had absolutely no bearing on who they were as people didn't really say anything about them it would be something like i don't know like a tiger on the arm and it's just <laughs> kind of like what what like I, it looks nice but what has that actually got to do with you like yeah. what does that mean you've clearly just got it purely for aesthetic reasons which isn't like isn't necessarily a bad thing because obviously no, a big part of a tattoo is aesthetic but but i also feel like if you put something permanent on your body it should be something that represents who you are as well yeah yeah it's, it's a bit strange 
Well, um, yeah, my brother is quite went through a bad phase with tattoos, and like that's the f- that that's the reason I got I I made the rule for myself because I knew I would probably be sort of similar like he was. He didn't have that rule, and he got the first tattoo, which is a bit crap. And then a month later, he got another tattoo, which is uh, like probably the worst tattoo I have ever seen. <laughs> what is it? You know, like on computers, there's a power button, a power switch. Yeah. Right. And you know, the little logo, it's like um, a circular thing with like a, a horizontal line. line. Yeah. yeah. He he got that. What? On his like wrist. And I'm like, why? What? Why did you get that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? It doesn't mean anything. But then like the third tattoo he got was actually pretty cool. So like... <laughs> I just don't know. He's going to have to, you know, live with the first tattoos, two tattoos for the rest of his life and be like, why did I do that? (laughs) Yeah. At least if life gets too hard, he can just turn himself off. Well, actually, he did say that when he got the tattoo at first, before sleep, he would like switch himself off. (laughs) I was like, is that the only reason you got that tattoo? Like, so funny. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, that's quite hilarious. That's quite good. So, yeah. We've chatted about phases, but how did you get on to kind of being where you are now musically? Was it a journey? Was there like a very abrupt point where you kind of just transitioned into that? Um, I think most of the music that I really do like is because of some like personal things that happened in my life. Because, um, so like, I, I feel like there are two ways of really liking music. The first one is you really like the sound of it and you really, you know, you just really enjoy the way it sounds. And the second one is like sentimental attachment. So if something like a big, a big event or something big happened in your life and let's say a certain song was playing, um, you sort of attach yourself to that memory. You know, you attach the song to that memory so you can either hate the song or like it, you know, so and if it's both at the same time, then you're probably going to enjoy the song f- or hate the song for the rest of your life. So the majority of the bands that I do like very much have that sentimental attachment. Um, yeah, so that's, I guess it's just things that happened to me, like um, heartbreak and all that, you know, big things that, you mm. know, maybe I was like moving away somewhere and I was listening to certain albums. So like forever after that, that album will have, I'll be attached to it. Mm. No, I, yeah. I, get, I get that. I'd say my music taste emerged in a fairly concentrated period of time. Um, yeah. But I think the fact that it did kind of makes me sceptical about where it will be. But I think where I am in terms of my music taste now is the most consistent I've kind of been in being passionate about a kind of area of music. Because obviously it is always so prone to change very quickly. But I think mine now, I don't think the genres necessarily or the kind of things I look for in music will change. I think it will just be slight adjustments in, oh, I liked this band, now I prefer this band. Yeah, I, I, the thing I've discovered, well, when I was like a teenager, I would only focus on a certain genre and sort of just like disregard the rest and be like ah it's not it's not that generous so therefore it's not good and i'm not going to enjoy it i was very focused and i don't know it's like sort of trapped in a cage you know of of that specific sound <clears throat> but 
in my later days, like when I broadened my taste, I realized that there isn't such a thing as, as a like a good or a bad genre. Mm. It's just like good good or bad music, regardless of the genre. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what genre. And and it's really funny because I've with that mindset, I've found myself enjoying a lot more music. Because if you just let yourself enjoy something that sounds good to you and you know that you can actually enjoy it, you won't care what kind of genre it is. So I guess this it comes down to like sort of prejudice. I think it. Yeah. I think it is that very kind of teenage to young adult mentality yeah. of, oh, what I know is correct, and no one else can possibly know more than me about this thing. Because yeah. I used to be like that about films and music and books, etc. Where I'd think that my opinion really meant a lot and carried a lot of weight, and my opinion was the right opinion. But then, yeah, I think once you break out of that, once you realise that actually there's more to experience and everyone is kind of valid in what they like because it's subjective. You open yourself up a lot more. Like I would still say my music taste, you could pin it down to maybe a set of quite close genres, but as I'm trying to expand it a bit more, trying to work in new influences, it's definitely more mm. interesting now. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've even found myself enjoying genres that like even in, you know, today's, like into in today's age um i would be like yeah i definitely don't like that genre but i i've still found myself enjoying like a song or two from those genres do you, um, do you have a i mean i was gonna say guilty pleasure but i don't really think music is a guilty thing i don't think uh, you need yeah. to justify liking something really no that's true if you like it you do and there's there shouldn't you shouldn't be ashamed of it i think like you should you just like it and that's fine uh, i guess it really Depends. Oh, that coffee. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Edit this out. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. That's actually no. You don't have to edit this out. This is no, a very no, no. lovely is... sound. Yeah, no, of course. Ooh, We're let's, drilling. let's do that once more. Ooh, <laughs> it's like being in the men's urinals. <gasps> oh my god! Wow, which we always are staring. You know, that's what we record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah. Um, um yeah well yeah exactly like i think it really comes down to the people that you're around if you're around like uh, very judgmental people then obviously certain music and certain tastes will become guilty pleasures because you know other people will disapprove mm. so like you sort of want to hide them maybe you know if 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 you don't want to be, be embarrassed by them maybe maybe that then kind of raises the point of why do you listen to music? Because a lot of people do it. Because I was, I was actually having this thought the other day when I was walking back home. And I was thinking, having a niche music taste like has its ups and downs. Because music, music largely is this kind of tribalistic thing whereby you use it to kind of identify with people and things like that. And I had this conversation the other day about kind of subcultures and how now as music has opened up through things like Spotify and YouTube and you have very easy access to every genre, kind of every period of music, I don't think there's so much a subculture anymore because everyone likes everything because they can listen to everything. Mm. But there must have been a lot of comfort in being able to kind of very clearly identify with a group of people, bond over music. Because nowadays I'll have a conversation about bands and the majority of the conversation will be me saying an artist and then someone saying, I don't know who that is. Yeah, 
I mean, the, there is just such an abundance of music in the mm. world. It's crazy. You know, I went to I went to a um, like a record fair the other week, um, not because I wanted to buy a record or anything. I just wanted to go in, you know, into a room just full of vinyls and just see, just browse, you know, just have a look. And I I went to that room and I was absolutely overwhelmed. There were like thousands of vinyls, you know, so many of them boxes upon boxes and i you know i browsed through some of them and i I was like i have no idea what this music is mm. and like no one will you know ever know all of the music obviously and it's just sometimes a little bit overwhelming i guess can you imagine yeah. what it's gonna be like in like 50 years it's crazy i mean i mean that's why i think there is a lot to be said for liking music that we wouldn't necessarily say artistically has the most merit but is very popular because when there is such an overwhelming amount of music to discover and like the thing is with music like if you really like music you have to discover it it won't just kind of present itself to you you have to delve very deep and it's quite it can be quite an alienating experience when you're digging so to like things like i don't know rihanna kanye west etc it must be quite comforting to know that generally you could walk up to anyone yeah. and have a conversation about it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, in terms of discovering music, um, you know, do you ever listen to radio, like actual radio? Um, occasionally, occasionally. All right, so um, there's this website that I've discovered not too long ago. and uh, oh, I think I know it. I think I yeah. know it. What do you think it is? Is it the one where you can tap into any radio station across the world? Yeah, well, not not like um, real-time radio, but um, it's like you select the period and the country, and it's absolutely crazy. So the website is radio.com with mm. five O's. Um, has to be said like that, people. Yeah, of course. That's how it's pronounced. So I'm on the website now. Um, do you want to select a country? Just tell me any country that you want. Um, yeah, Lebanon. Uh, can you find that on the map? Because yeah, sure. Oh, I don't know where that is on the map. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Go? I'm gonna I'm gonna click a random random country. country. Okay, say three two go three two one, and then I'll click when you three two one click. Okay, I'm here. Okay, let me, okay, let me, where are we? Uh, I do not know. We are in somewhere North Africa. Um, do you want to select a period? Uh, 1970s. 1970s. No, 1980s. Let's see if they got in on the disco hype. 1980s. Oh, wait. Mm. It won't load. Well, that's strange. Everything disappeared. Oh, my God. The world yeah, died maybe in the 1980s. Was, yeah, there was no music in 1980s. That's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was um, the state. The state just limited it. They were like, music is the work of the devil. Well, it doesn't doesn't work for some. You click a country vid. Go for it. Yeah, I want to do that. Okay, let's let's listen to seventies, I guess. Okay, obscure um, country. My country. No obscure country. Obscure. But well, Lithuania. I'll <laughs> choose Lithuania. Obscure. Let's yeah, see what music obscure. was like in nineteen seventies in Lithuania. Uh, okay. Oh my god, it's like salad fingers. It's a, it's a theremin album. That's very strange. 
Oh, it's very creepy. So is that creepy. what people listen to back in like, the day? It's like something you'd be like, it's, it sounds like, yeah, something David Firth would use in like in these salad fingers. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, man. Well, salad fingers, that, that, that throws me back. It was a YouTube series, wasn't it? But yeah. in, in the very beginnings of yeah. YouTube. And it was I super strange. I used to strange. love that stuff. I used to love like the very kind of weird, dark YouTube crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> But then we're veering away from music. I mean, Salad Fingers isn't music. I mean, it's music well, to my ears. Well, you could listen to Salad Fingers' soundtrack, I guess. You could. I mean, it yeah. is, it is yeah. pretty great. It is pretty great, the music in that show. I mean, it creates a very distinct, yeah. like, kind of post-apocalyptic atmosphere. Exactly. I mean, people listen to soundtrack music all the time. Yeah. And it's a lot of the times is great music, too, you know? Do you, ever, do you ever, like, what's the weirdest thing you kind of walk around listening to? Do you ever, do you ever have that thought of... If someone could kind of tap into my earphones right now, what would they think of what I'm listening to? I think um, that. I, I I think some of the really hard stuff would definitely be like, what is this? Yeah. Why are you listening to, to this music right now? Yeah, because I generally, a lot of like, generally yeah. think people would like yeah. it. I had an idea for an app, which was basically that when you're on the go, you could kind of, through your Spotify, advertise what you're listening to at a certain time. So that like, you could be okay. on the bus next to someone and they could be like, oh, he's listening to the new Angel Olsen album. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, so it's like uh, Pokemon Go, but with Spotify. Yeah, I guess oh, so. That's interesting. Yeah. And then um, the boss battle is you fight Radiohead. <laughs> Catch Radiohead in a Pokeball. <laughs> I got you, Tom York. <laughs> Tackle Tom York. <laughs> don't do that, please. No, don't do that, people. No, we don't advocate. We don't. We don't condone that. We like Tom York yeah. here. Don't do yeah, that. I don't care about any other violence, but not Tom York. Yeah, any other violence is fine. Like, go no, beat not. up Bono, it's cool. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, speaking of soundtrack music, um, do you have, like, a favourite soundtrack? Yeah, I think generally it's soundtracks where they use tracks that I love in a very kind of good way. Okay, well, I mean, like, an original soundtrack. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. I haven't really given this enough thought. I mean, I love oh, really? film. I really should have yeah. given this enough yeah. thought. I and mean, you love music as 2001, well. Well, maybe? Amelie? Um, okay, yeah. Oh, Amelie, uh, Jan, Amelie's Jan Tiersen. great. Jan Tiersen. Uh, maybe The Illusionist, which is um, a 2009 French animated film. Um, mm. That's got a really nice, like, kind of melancholic soundtrack. Oh, that's, um, that's cool. Have you ever found yourself listening just to the soundtrack yeah yeah oh. i have yeah yeah that's paris texas has a really nice soundtrack mm. yeah that's cool yeah i um, think i think i don't have a definitive favorite because i feel like all the films i love i they tend to be kind of good in every aspect like mise-en-scene acting directing yeah. writing music so it all kind yeah. of blends into this mishmash of like one lovely whole so i kind of look at it as the whole, like kind yeah. of some of its parts as opposed to like dissecting every aspect yeah. well for me I, f I feel like at the moment my favorite soundtrack would be from a video game an indie video game called hotline miami mm. and it's just outrageous i you know funny funny thing when i when i started playing this game i didn't even know that i liked the type of genre yeah i mean we all we all watched stranger things and it's got that 80s synthwave sound and it's super cool but i thought you know it was just like oh it sounds that good just because it's like, as you said, you know, suits the, the series, yeah. suits, suits what you're watching. But with the video game, obviously it still suits the video game. It suits Hotline Miami and it really like boosts the vibe and, you know, gets your adrenaline going. But 
I've found myself listening to that soundtrack quite a lot just mm. on its own and I'm like this is an incredible soundtrack like, I think maybe it's slightly different with video games because I mean it is a format where a lot of games you could just mute your TV and put on your own music yeah. so I don't yeah. I feel like music often in video games it's not it's not like it is in a film where it's kind of used to direct your mood it's often just like kind of an addition and I think yeah. when a game has a good soundtrack it can be way more kind of grabbing than yeah, well, that's the thing. In, in Hotline Miami, I feel like soundtrack is actually the drive of the entire game. Yeah, you know, it's it's more in the in the foreground than than anything else. You know, and like if you put any other music on top of it, it would it just would not make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um. Whereas you know, with other games, you don't really you don't care. Yeah. So yeah, there are. I mean, as you say, it makes sense to it, and I think one of my favorite soundtracks. <laughs> um. I think for the music alone, because I don't think it fits the film at all, would be the original Suspiria, because I actually think that's not really a very good film, and that's an unpopular opinion. But I think if you actually did dissect it, if you looked at the writing, the writing is atrocious. Like, the dialogue is just so bad. The (laughs) acting is hideous. Um, The narrative makes such little sense. And the music, I mean, it's one of the most famous soundtracks ever. It's by a guy called Goblin, who's this DJ, um, like electronic kind of musician. Um, And it was an original soundtrack. And the tracks are amazing. They're so so energetic and cool and great, but they actually make no sense within the context of the film because it's kind of an artsy kind of slasher. and it just makes no sense. There's a point I remember quite distinctly where I howled in, in laughter like the first time I watched it because a series of maggots start falling into the floor from a roof. And then this just very intense hype kind of electronic beat comes in and it's just like, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. It's just like, it's like, how did that possibly fit the scene? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, interesting like that you mentioned the spirit because the remake... And the soundtrack was done by Tom York, and that was his like soundtrack debut. Um, I think it was like in like top ten records of last year, or something like that. And it was mm. it was a soundtrack. It was really strange. That doesn't surprise me because I mean, there's an audience for the film because it's a cult yeah. classic, and also anything associated with Radiohead is going to get music. Yeah, fans but the talking. thing is, I feel like I love the soundtrack on its own, but with the film only like one song made sense mm. and the rest of it just didn't was just like um yeah it just didn't fit the film i feel yeah there was only one one song that was like yes this is this is perfect but the rest was just so, sort of like uh um you know like yeah we got someone like really famous so this you know you should See, listen that's, to that's it. the thing i mean one of the things that people think So one of the things with film is that generally for an aspect of a film to be successful, it shouldn't really draw attention to itself. So if the writing is good, it should seem natural. If the editing is good, then it's seamless and you don't really see it. Um, Obviously, if you look for it, then you'll see it. And a lot of people do look at film to dissect it, which I, I kind of have weird feelings about because I feel like you should watch it for what it is and how it makes you feel viscerally. Um, Viscerally. But I feel like, I feel like with something like a soundtrack, it should just kind of blend and make sense and it shouldn't really call itself out. It should accompany the film, not, not try to like, 
yeah do its own thing you know you sh- you sh- it's like it's a relationship between audio and video and it should be you know together i think i think when it's something like i don't know the doors biopic we watched the other day where they use a lot of doors tracks or something like donnie darker where they have like tears for fears and things like that i mean soundtracks kind of take on a different function because obviously yeah. they they represent a period but also it's songs that you recognize and you enjoy and then the soundtrack can kind of become its own thing but generally mm. soundtracks should just kind of be a background element yeah so well in most cases i guess in least. most cases yeah. yeah i guess i guess it depends on what the film's trying to do and what the function yeah. of a soundtrack is that's true well um i would i would love to speak about uh the bands that we like and we look forward to uh, in more detail yeah because because we've spoken about you know vaguely phases and general kind of yeah. potential genres we like but we haven't delved into bands or how we got to those bands yeah. um i feel like we should keep this for the for a second episode and we're yeah. gonna uh, we're gonna release it in a week and then you can you can listen to more detail if you if you like if you like to hear yeah. about our recommendations and our anticipations and disappointments and all that. It's going to be some 60s, it's going to be some 70s, it's going to be some 80s, 90s, 2000s. I'm, I'm going to talk about music from 2050. I'm going to talk about it all. Yeah, 2050. <laughs> I went into the future. I made the music. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, well, ho- hopefully, hopefully we're going to talk about this uh, on a day that is Wednesday. No, man. Next week. Just get over it. It's not going to happen. The dream mm. is dead. But imagine if it was Wednesday. It'd probably make our conversations ten times better. It's a hype yeah. day. Yeah. But I don't think it's gonna happen. I just don't see it. It just keeps slipping out of out of our fingers. It's always out of my grasp, yeah. Sadly. Wow. Sorry. Okay. Man. Well, well that's that's okay. It's been very nice looking at your lovely face across the mic, but yeah. Thanks. Me, you, goodbye. Just goodbye, before Mitch. the podcast you said it was ugly. I changed my mind. Oh <laughs> that's so sweet of me. Well, okay, I ugly, ugly aesthetically, superficially, <laughs> but a beautiful soul. So pretty you're actually ugly. Well <laughs> yeah. I can say the same about you, Jack. Mm. Well, see you next week then. Um yeah. it was nice talking to you. Yeah. Don't yeah. talk to me in between. Okay. Thank you. Bye.